Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast, and we're on episode 21. I can't believe we're already on uh, episode 21 here. We have a special guest, a very exciting uh, topic for you today, and a special guest, Tommy from Georgia. Tommy, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. <laughs> thank you. I knew you were. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, seriously, this is great. I'm very excited to get you in the co-hosting seat. I say that often, but this, I mean, I, I really am. We're, we're talking about a topic that we've never talked about. Uh, I don't think any of my free videos on YouTube or any of these podcasts, we're talking about building a team uh, with regards to mobile home investing when you're a mobile home investor, at least pertaining to your business, Tommy, you know, a, a team who you're going to use, who you're going to use more often than other people. Uh, so we'll talk about all that today. And before we kind of talk about that, I want to, you know, kind of understand you and your business. You're doing amazing things where you are. Um, so please, yeah, talk to, if you would, a little bit about um, kind of, you know, who you are, Tommy, and your, a little bit of your business. Um, and then also, if you, sure. have you been doing, I'm curious, I'm not even sure, I, I remember this, if, you're, if you've been doing real estate, you know, some type of real estate before mobile homes. Because uh, I think we've only been working together for just a handful of months now. Yeah, exactly. August of 16. So now you know, here we are in early March. Um, so we've done, you know, 16 deals um, since then. We're doing about two to three deals a month where we're actually on, on the sales side. Um, we have 10 that are payment deals, uh, three that were all cash, and then three we currently have an inventory. Um, you know, two of them we're fixing up. One of them's, you know, ready, basically ready to go. Um, and the other two, the two that we're fixing up are really recent purchases. One this, one actually this week, and the other one I'm getting the keys today, uh, type of thing where people are moving out. Um, yeah, I did not have. Um, I bought progress before on the real estate side. I've done some passive investing, but I really have not been active where I'm doing everything like I'm doing now um, in the mobile home business. So you know, definitely, I mean, you have to work, but the program definitely works. The so let's kind of recap that. So all in all, so that's about two to three deals a month from getting started, like you said. Ten of those, when you sold them, they've been cashed. No, ten of them, when you sold them, they've been payment deals. Three, Correct. when you sold, they were cash deals. And then one, you closed this week and you purchased it. And then I think two, you said that you got back? Well, one I got back. The other, well, the other two are actually in renovation. We're oh, okay. Them right now, right. We're just, we, but they're, we literally just got the keys like this week, <laughs> so we're just you know we're just kind of getting them started. So on the ten payment deals we have, we have about we're averaging about three twenty five a month in payments. So we have about thirty two hundred a month coming in payments. Oh, right on. Okay. Now, if are were any of those. Um, well, a couple of questions. One with repairs. What's the average? And I mean these. All these homes have to be so different, ages, sizes, years. But right. is there a a more average repair cost that you're putting into these homes or repairs that you're seeing, you know, every home needs this, every home needs this, or uh, quite minimal from what you're finding? Yeah, I mean, ideally, I mean, the best case scenario, which you occasionally run into is you run into the house is ready to go. You know, it's, just a, you know, it's a really nice mobile home and you're getting it at a good price. Obviously, that we've, we've, had, we've had situations like that. We haven't even had a clean. We can right away put it, you know, put it up for sale. Other times, um, you know, we don't, we've not wanted to mess with major stuff. Um, 
but you know we've we're putting in two new bathrooms right now one of our one of our deals but you know we've built a good network of handymen and things like that I, mean, I guess flooring sometimes um, makes a big difference so you know putting in you know new wood flooring and painting the house can make a huge difference um, so um, we don't really I mean as far as the cost goes it, I really kind of look at more of an after repair value there's a certain number I want to be in which is a lot of it's in your program on you know um, on what the number is um, so every, I mean, everything we have been into is less than ten thousand dollars you know that really kind of is a number I mean ideally it'd be better to be lower of course but sometimes they're double wise and they're big and you know things like that so you have these homes most of the homes have been sold on payments can you talk a little bit about what that average uh, resale looks like? Yeah, I think it's I think it's been anywhere um, from a low of a thousand dollars to a high of ten thousand dollars. You know, as a pay as a uh, as a uh, upfront payment, and then we've been averaging about you know three twenty five a month in payments. I mean, just like your program goes, I mean, there's been situations where you know, which has been great. Um, where we've been able to get basically all of our money back on the down payment almost, and then get, you know the, the three twenty five a month for five years is all profit. So there's been some deals. I mean, they, as long as they pay, <laughs> you know, it looks great on paper um, situations. But then there's been other ones where we kind of follow your formula of at least on paper we want to be in it. We want to try to get all of our money back in ten months. And that's kind of the, the goal, you know, including including the repairs we put into lot rent things like that. Agreed. Now, so for yeah, for for all in your acquisition costs, holding costs, repairs, um, recoup right. all of that as quick as possible. The I kind of yeah. like to kind of get a picture on the time frame. You know, when you first got started, did you hit the ground? And you know, for the fo- for the folks listening, what was your mindset or what did you see? Did you you know some people it takes it's kind of that analogy of a of a snowball kind of moving down a hill you know over time it gets bigger and faster and more inertia but it seems like you started you know just uh you know fast from the beginning just pedal to the metal you know first couple weeks yeah we were doing yeah, yeah. we were doing do, deals our first month um for sure you know i mean just as far as uh like i said it, it definitely works but you have to work you know so if you and there's deals out there, so it took time, you know, doing all the things that you talk about, driving through parks and making connections, looking at ads, and going through that whole process. But yeah, we had a, we had a pretty good start where right away we were doing, you know, we were making sales immediately. Now, okay, so let's kind of talk about what what goes into that as well, and we're we're getting. I like kind of where this is going because you're you're in a uh, decent area of Georgia. You know, there's there's mobile homes around you. You have so let's 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 talk about your time. Do you do this full time before you were investing in mobile homes? I mean, you have a, two full time jobs as well, or what's kind of like your time that you're investing? No, I do I do this full time. Okay, so full time that makes sense. And the capital that you have because you're just I mean able to kind of hit the ground. You see a home, you're negotiating it, you're building rapport, you're able to close on it. The capital that you have, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's been an advantage. I mean, everything we've done so far, we've paid cash, you know, for the mobile homes that we bought. I mean, obviously you're trying to buy wholesale and then you're trying to sell retail you know, with financing or all cash. So one of the advantages has been, you know, it has, I mean, I think this talking about building a team, it really helps. I mean, if you don't have the money, it really helps to have a capital partner. So, you know, luckily I do have a capital partner um, and, you know, potentially more than one, you know, who is, who is, uh, who I'm working with. So he put, he put up, 
you know, fifty thousand dollars to get started, and said, "Okay, let's buy, let's do this." You know, so that really helped to have the um, you have to have the financial backing where we can you know aggressively go in, and you know, we probably I know me and you spoke about this. You know, we're trying to keep inventory like four deals, which is probably pretty high, but there's advantages to that because a lot of times I've showed a person one home, they didn't like it, and I've been able to sell them a different home. You know, so. Right. For the folks listening, you you have so many homes in inventory, you know, three, four, two, one, however many you have. Uh, Tommy's got four at this particular point. And you can show people, you're right, two or three homes, and they're going to choose, obviously, the nicest one that they feel that they can afford at that time. And um, right. so it certainly helps selling homes. Um, with that said, so you, you have the capital partner, which is huge, um, or which is just a good advantage, or which is a nice advantage. Now, with that said, you're doing all the work. I mean, this this education is useless. This you know, without you, Tommy, this money is useless without you. I mean, you are the one building a name for yourself. You're building a face for yourself. Let me ask you: with these 16 homes that you have, these are all in parks, cor- correct? Right. Exactly. Right now, they're all in parks. And then, how many actual parks are they within? different parts. That's actually in seven parks. Um, but what's interesting in the area I'm in, is, you know, some of the some of them you will have like a company that owns several parks in your area. Yes. So you know, once you go through the approval process, it's just been easier. In most cases, it's been easier <laughs> because you can go introduce yourself to the new manager and say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm working with, with Lynn over at XYZ Park, and she recommended <laughs> we get to know each other. So in most cases, it's a pretty smooth transition. Don't even, you don't even have to go through an approval process. In most, I've only had that with one park where they wanted to do that also. But you know, once you're approved, you know you can kind of work with other parks too. So most, uh, or let's kind of talk about the parks now, since we're on that subject. Dealing with these managers, have uh, I guess kind of two questions: Have you been happy dealing with these managers? And then the second question: Have they been happy dealing with you? Yeah, overall, it's been really good. I mean, we've only had one bad experience. But I mean, I, I mean, overall, I'm getting, you know, I've had some really good experiences with 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 parks where I get referrals from parks because it's really kind of a win-win situation because where they're trying to, you know, bring in good people to pay a lot rent. So in most cases, you know, 90% of the time, it's been a good experience. You know, we had one situation with a, uh, you know, with a mobile home park where we had a good relationship, but then, you know, one of the regional managers came in, and I think she just kind of thought, like, wow, you know, you're you're going in and you're selling cars in our car lot, as an example. You know, so <laughs> they 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 thought they looked at me as competition, and you know wanted to kind of eliminate that competition. So you know that was that was the only bad experience because you know it got to a point where we were bringing in leads. Like for example, I would have a lead, someone that wanted to buy the house. You try to get them approved, and they would steal the lead, you know? So obviously that's another good reason to be diversified, not put all your eggs in one basket in one park, you know? Agreed. Now, how many homes did you have in that park? Because you, you said it was going, I think you say it was, go, it, was go, it was going well. And then, you know, the regional manager sort of came in and you know, put the kibosh to it. Um, I probably have four. And actually it's one of them I have an in inventory now. I think a lot of it was a misunderstanding in their part, which I think, yeah. you know, I think we'll get out of the room fine on this last home we have. Um, and they actually might even buy it. We're talking to them about buying the home just to just to get out of there. Um, but yeah, we, I think we had about four of them in there. It was probably one of our it was probably our most active park in the beginning when I started working. You know, but actually the managers that I knew got fired. You know, and then the regional manager came in. Like I said, there was some misunderstanding. Not to mention they looked at us as competition. You know. 
What's your thought with mobile homes? I know you have mobile homes on land around you. What's the thought there with regards to, I mean, has have mobile homes in parks just been keeping you too busy or you just haven't switched over to mobile homes on land yet or you really don't want to or yeah yeah no i want to that's really kind of the next phase i mean we kind of got through half of your course and just started doing business you know consistently you know doing two to three a month i really haven't had all the time but now i mean i'm studying your land stuff and i've actually started working on some i'm beginning to work on some land deals right now so it's just kind of i'm just kind of at the beginning state we haven't closed any deals but yeah, I think that's a natural progression where you want to get into that as well. Agreed. Yeah, cool. Okay. All right. Wasn't sure. Everyone's a little different. Um, and I think maybe the natural progression from there maybe would be, you know, if you're in the mood is maybe owning a full park, you know, buying the complete mm-hmm. mobile home park as well. Yeah, actually, we're doing Yeah, we're doing that too. I mean, I looked at I looked at one, <laughs> I looked at one this week with an owner who's 94 years old, owned the park for 65 years. So, yeah, we're doing that as well. Um, as you know, again, my advantage is I got some good financial backers, including other guys that were. You know, now we have kind of a proof of concept and say, "Hey, look at these sixteen <laughs> deals we've done." So now it makes economic sense. So it becomes easier to bring in other people because you got a proof of concept. Without a doubt, and you understand how this business works. And I would, I want to after this uh, podcast, I want to talk to you about that uh, that home that park that you looked at. So, <laughs> sure, <laughs> we need sure. to talk about that. Uh, this so sixteen homes um, kind of hit the ground running when you first got started. Uh, these are all in parks. Let's talk about the the team that you have because we talked about that a little bit with regards to your cat your capital partner, um, right? Which was huge. And thank you for just kind of you know saying that because that's that that is a power that is a person definitely who's who's on your team who else has been valuable uh for your team um i think there's one guy i don't know if you ever heard of me john federal he's really been <laughs> he's really he really has been a good resource no, no truly i mean you've, you've definitely been an integral part of the team as you know i talked to you a lot and you've been you've been great at responding I mean, unbelievable really for the price on responding of questions and comments and insights so i mean you you would definitely be a big part of it i mean your your program really just gives you the foundation so you don't have to reinvent the wheel and if i ever have an issue with title or other things i mean you're you're a phone call away so you would definitely be a big part of the team um with insight john fedger here and i quickly like to make an interruption because as i'm editing this podcast for you i really want to make it clear that uh, whether you're a member of this training or mentoring that we have for you or not uh, i am here to help i do not want to stand in your way at all or be a hindrance or anything or slow you down so if you have mobile home investing questions or mobile home uh, that you're looking at or anything good bad ugly uh, you know questions comments please feel free to shoot them my way you can always reach me at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. That's support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. Um, and that's it. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, by the way. Uh, now let's go back to that previously scheduled podcast. Um, I also, I know your course talks about a trustee. I, mean, I have a trustee who's also a very good friend of mine. And he's been a great resource too, because he does the, do- he basically goes in, we got a relationship where he does the documents on the sale and on the buy. He's the trustee. And we set up trusts like you said on every single property. The other advantage is he's bilingual. So I mean, you get a lot, you get a lot of Spanish calls <laughs> yes. where only thing I can basically tell them is, uh, me Espanol es muy mal, which is basically <laughs> my Spanish is really bad, but I've got a friend who speaks Spanish and, I'm, and then I give him the number. So I mean, that's been a nice resource, you know, where he's been able to, you know, really tie up some sales that I couldn't do myself because of the language barrier. Um, 
And then, you know, I think, I think as far as handymen also are a key part of your team because you're going to run into deals that have value, but if you don't have the skill set, you know, you, you also don't want to get ripped off. You want to try to build a good group of people that you know you can give them business and, and it's going to make economic sense for you. Agreed. Where are you finding your handyman? Um, a lot of it's just been, you know, we've we've known other people. Like we've got, you know, one guy that we, another kind of mutual friend of ours who's done some real estate. Actually, it's through the trustee, through my trustee. He's got a real good friend he has worked with who's done some rentals and things like that. And he's been able to give us a guy who, can, you know, kind of an all-around guy who's who does stuff at a good price. Um, and then the same thing when I once when I bought a home in a park. I was able to meet, uh, they he introduced me to another guy who lives in the park who was a handyman. So you know, part of this becomes over time, you kind of give people chances. If they do a good job, you keep working with them. But, you know, that's, that's how, how we found it. I did call a few ads like on Craigslist, but they were all so crazy expensive. <laughs> um, they didn't make, you know, sometimes, I mean, wanting to charge as much as the house I bought. You know? So it didn't make any economic sense. So just over time, you kind of learn, I think. Good for you for seeing that because some, I mean, just, you know, folks that are listening, you can chart, you can get a home for, you know, you negotiated it. You feel so good. You negotiated it down to the price that you, you know, didn't even think you could get it for. And then making repairs, you're right. You can overpay someone and maybe it's not overpaying. Maybe it's just quote unquote what they're normally paid. But there's a lot of people out there who will swing a hammer, who will, you know, fix some soft spots in a floor, who will stretch carpet over, a, you know, over a newly fixed subfloor so search for people you know find um tommy like like you were saying you're getting quotes sometimes for prices that are like more than the home <laughs> it's more than what i paid yeah for i mean i think a couple things i mean i think you want you i think like you said you want to you want to have the guy that's actually doing the work so what a big company's going to mm-hmm. do is you're going to keep half the money and then give the rest of the guy doing the work <laughs> so you'll find the guy doing the work is one thing, and then the you know, other thing, we've just we've just taken a stance. Uh, we're not going to pay you until the job's done. Great, just because there's a lot of guys who you know, want half the deposits. So that's the other thing that we've done is we've just taken a stance. And now the guys that we do work with know they pay us, but some guys have said, "No, I'm not going to do that." So okay, fine, you know. I'm so glad you said that, and it sounded. You know, we just kind of passed or breezed right past that, but I want to kind of go back because that's so important for people who are who are listening to this. Um, and you're, I mean, I'm sure there's some people right now not agreeing, but do not pay anything. If your handy person, if your contractor can't float a job for a week or can't pay their people for a week or can't pay for materials for a week, they have bigger problems. So, and they can put a lien on your home way easier than you can find them or take them to court or get them, a, you know, get a judgment on them. So I agree, uh, Tommy, yeah. you know, don't okay, get yeah, we've agreed. flat policy. If it's, if it's like a... I'm sorry. If it's a big job, we will pay for the you know we'll pay for the um, materials. Material. But the other thing I've kind of learned is like we had one situation where a guy gave us a quote, and he did a great job, but his inventory was a lot more than he than he projected. You know, and that you know playing the devil's advocate, that could be another way to get ripped off where someone you know a handyman gets three thousand dollars in inventory, but it's really two thousand. He keeps the other stuff. It goes back to Home Depot and returns it. So. Like when someone gives us a quote, we're now saying like, listen, you're going to kind of live and die with this quote, including the cost of materials. And we'll pay it at Home Depot, but this is the quote, you know. Do you have a scope of work with uh, some sort of time penalty? 
Yeah, we haven't had this penalty, I and mean, I guess we could. We haven't had we do it so far. We haven't had that problem. You know, part of it is because they're not getting paid until we until they're done. Good point. <laughs> Good point. So you don't you don't pay them anything until one hundred percent is done. Right. Other than we will pay for oh, material. I like you know, that. I mean, we, we, you know, now we kind of have a pretty good relationship where if it's a big job, what they'll do is they'll call me. I mean, I don't even they'll call me at Home Depot or at whatever the flooring place is. And then at that point, I'll give them the credit cards. So I don't even have to pick the stuff up. Nice. You know, but you use. But again, this this came with uh, time and experience. It wasn't this relationship starting off you had to work up to this no exactly no now exactly now i i I trust you know i've got about three different guys i use in different capacities and we we trust them you know any tip that we didn't talk about with regards to a handyman how to treat them how to find them uh anything like that well i think i think you don't want nickel and diamond to death and i think Mm -hmm. it's like they're an important part of your team so i mean you want to have a good relationship where they they think good of you too and not try to save every single penny (laughs) because you know, when you buy a house, you also want you also want them to accept the job because you know there's you got competition too of other people trying to give them work. You know, so I mean, I think I mean I try to pay them immediately, and even if it's a matter of their half hour away. I'll try to get them. A, you know, they're an important part of that. I'll try to pay them right away. Great policy, absolutely. Get them paid. That's what they want. That's why they're doing all this. So you mentioned right. um, so for your building your team, and I got to say. Uh, this is certainly not a sales, you know, podcast or anything like that. But thank, you know, thank you for saying that, Tommy. Um, you know, me being here and me helping you. You know, you're asking questions. You're the one doing it. You're building a name for yourself. I mean, I know all the hard work and crap and emotions that you, you know, that that you had to go through. Or not all of it. I know some of it. And you know, I'm right. here. I'm happy to answer your questions. So for the folks listening, yeah, have somebody local there, some sort of investor, somebody local, perhaps, or not so local, but somebody that you can ask real world questions to. Um, we talked about, you know, trustee, a uh, handyman. I like using my tenants, the tenant buyers that I have, Tommy. I'm not sure. Have have you transitioned any of your tenant buyers into handymen at all? Um, I've done, I did, I had a seller that I used for some painting and I've actually got other people I could use, you know, people that say they want to paint, but I mean, I haven't, I think that's a, yeah, that is a good idea. I do have one person who's a tenant buyer who. Um, I think that's a great policy. If you're going to give someone money, give someone that owes you money, money. You know? yeah. And uh, I do have a girl that, you know, part-time does some cleaning for us, you know. So we'll pay her, you know, to clean a mobile home. Um, nice. Good. You can trust them. You know where they live sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep, yep. And, you know, when you're when I'm closing with, with, with folks, usually I'll ask them. And, and if I'm selling them a handyman special, I know that they're kind of handy. But I'll typically ask them, you know, what other work do you do? Do you, you know, do you want to make any extra money? Do you have any free time? And I'll just keep that in the back of my head. I mean, some people will say no, or other people will say they can rebuild an entire mobile home. And, you know, just good to right. have. Um, a couple others that I was um, – that I was considering with regards to the team that we didn't talk about. And let me know your thoughts, but a uh, realtor. I haven't got into that. I haven't got into that yet, but I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. Um, I think, you know, I think also you should be a member of your local, you know, real estate investor association, you know, cause I mean, that's something that I go to. Yes. Multiple. Let people know who you are. Let people know what you do. Find out how other people, what you can do to help other people. Because you're not going to do any, every every deal, but you can certainly refer those deals out as well, and vice versa. 
if they have any mobile home leads that you that you don't want. And then right. uh, attorneys as well, or some sort of maybe a uh, yeah, an attorney, a mobile home specialist. Ideally, finding an attorney that specializes in mobile homes, you can talk to the mobile home park managers and ask them who represents their mobile home parks, because mobile home parks usually have an attorney representing them or a return an attorney on retainer. Uh, that would be somebody decent to know. Or like you said, from your real estate investing clubs. If you can meet an attorney there, uh, you know, one that's obviously a real estate investor, one that's a player, you know, one that also invests in real estate themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also learning a lot. If you want to do some bigger deals like the mobile home park, or I've also got another piece of piece we're working on, which is a piece of land with 22 mobile homes on there. They're owned by other people. But they're just kind of running out the land, which we're working on. So it's really nice. It's also good to have, that might be more of a commercial realtor. I mean, I got a really seasoned guy that I know. That I'm, it's really able to do a lot of things. You know, who's also working with me on the other mobile home park. So that that's helpful to have somebody really knowledgeable too. On bigger is deals. he a, and he's a legal? Um, he's an attorney of some of some sort. No, he's he's a real estate broker. But I mean, really, you know, a guy who's you know seventy years old has been doing it forever on the commercial side. So I mean, he understands more more parks than probably a residential person. You know. Hey, Tommy, I think now's a good time to bring up the fact that your team changes. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, your your team changes depending on where you want to focus within the mobile home investing niche, so to speak. So if you're just doing what you're doing, which is great, by the way, but buying and selling mobile homes inside pre-existing communities, you know, your power team looks different than somebody else who's going to be buying and selling mobile homes on land or renting them out or dealing with, you know, the entire mobile home park, buying that, which you're getting into now. So dealing with with just the mobile homes, what you've been doing, uh, we're talking about having some sort of you know person locally or not so locally that you can ask real-time questions to, uh, a trustee, a handyman, or two or three handymen have a few backup, um, a, a capital partner in your case, Tommy. Uh, bird dogs, we didn't so much talk about bird dogs. They kind of change, um, but we could say bird dogs. And then also a mortgage loan originator. You can have an MLO. Uh, and then with mobile homes on land, uh, and then also mobile home, like buying the entire parks, you know, that's when we're talking about dealing with brokers, dealing with attorneys, dealing with realtors in your case. Um, and then something we also didn't talk about, CPAs or, or bookkeepers as well for your business. Yeah, no, we're, I mean, we're, you know, because I've also backed by a financial guy, he's doing financial statements every month. So he, you know, he's, yeah, and that's a good, it's a good thing to, to do. Excellent. With that said, the so the mobile home business has been – I love the fact that you're doing so much. Now, in this business, we kind of market and advertise like animals and let people know who we are. And I love that you have so much that's going on. You're looking at homes that are in parks, mobile homes that have to be moved, mobile homes that are going to – you know, on, on land, mobile homes that are, that are the entire parks. I mean, there's so many things to do with these homes. Um, and you're starting to do almost all of it. So I just love that you're like, you don't dip yeah, no, your toe awesome. in Tommy. It's a, you... it's a great, it's a great business, a nice niche. You know, I mean, actually right after this call, one of the pieces that we have, I'm picking up the keys to, a to the other house that we just, that we just purchased, <laughs> you know? So now since we kind of segued into that, do you mind talking about the numbers real quick, just so people can kind of, you know, understand a little bit about. Maybe yeah. What this what this one sure. deal looked like? No, yeah, we got a good deal. I mean, it's a 2002 mobile homes. If I send you the picture, wow. the outside is literally beautiful. I mean, the outside is amazing. Um, and an older couple that lived in it, um, and you know, we're moving into more of an assist, more of a subsidized housing thing. So they're really having a hard time, you know, financially. Uh, that they needed to make a move, and they also 
the inside's kind of beat up where it really needs two new bathrooms. They don't really have, they only have one toilet that's kind of running. The other one doesn't some floor issues in the bathroom. Um, so we actually are buying it for $3,000. Um, well, as is, I gave him a thousand dollars. I'm giving him the balance now, uh, today, you know, in a few, very soon, a couple about an hour. Um, (laughs) and I got a quote in the bathroom. So I mean, my, I think I got a quote of really putting in, putting in completely new bathrooms, um, painting the cabinets in the kitchen, painting the cabinets in the bathroom, doing a carpet cleaning. You know, it's, you know, so I think the labor was 930 and the material was like 800, his projections, my guy. So about $1,700. So, I mean, I'm, my my goal is like a three-bedroom, kind of like what you do. You know, if you're going to buy a nice three-bedroom for $5,000, you're going to be okay. Very okay. Is this in a senior park or, or, or a family park? No, it's a family park, really nice park, wow. too. I mean, really nice, really nice, really nice part. What is something that you, this is a different question or on a different tangent. What is a, um, what's something that you weren't expecting? I mean, you hit, like I said before, you you know, you're, you're obviously going mobile homes is where it's at. You're happy doing this. Um, What's something that you weren't expecting? We've been talking about pretty good all this whole time, but yeah, what's something, well, and I guess good or bad. What's something that you just kind of took you by surprise? with this business uh, i think it, what did take me by surprise is i got attacked by like 50 fleas one time <laughs> you know, that, that took me by surprise um which i'm still actually going through the through and through that issue i mean that was that was one house we took back um woman had six cats decided to move out um we came took it back and uh actually i had it clean for whatever reason she didn't she didn't have a problem i didn't think and then all of a sudden i was going back and forth there so i got you know really really uh hit hard with oh. the fleas so that was you know yeah. that was not fun um but yeah i mean all jokes aside i think is that you know it's definitely a seven day a week job which i don't mind you know i mean you could do it part-time of course but if you're going to do the kind of numbers we're doing you got to kind of you know put your feet a little bit every day kind of look you know i mean if someone wants to meet on a sunday you know they, there's, there's competition i mean for buyers i think like you told me this too john deals happen pretty fast so if someone right. calls you and they got three thousand dollars. If you don't show it to them till next Thursday, so I'm gonna, I'll show it to you next Thursday. <laughs> that, that's a very good chance they're going to get someone else that money. You know, so you kind of have to make yourself available. You know, um, you, you so, know. I, mean, I, th- and I think it's good to screen. Like we've talked about before, you got to screen buyers. You know, it is going to happen where you're going to get stood up. You know, even if you tell someone, okay. I'm, you know, right before you call them, that's just part of the, it's, realtors have the same problem. <laughs> you know, you, you know, there's some similarities, but you know, that's, that's, you know, that's going to happen sometimes, you know, nothing you can do about it. Any advice for somebody coming into this business um, and they want to do the same thing. They don't want to do maybe one deal every month. They want to do more than that. Um, any specific advice for someone like that? I think, I mean, I think you have to put, I think you have to put together a team we talked about. That's helpful, you know, I mean, for sure. Um, and then, you know, you got to have the mindset of, of uh, you know, working hard. But, I mean, yeah. the beauty of this business is a residual income, you know. So, I mean, hopefully you can – that's very motivating if you can keep doing numbers every month. You know, eventually, eventually it gets really pretty good. I mean, not that you don't have issues you have to deal with, you know, right. it's happen. But, um, but it's a good, you know, it's a good, it's a good business you have – but, if, you know, if you don't work – if you don't work, it's not going to work. You know, so you got to be you got to put some type of time in every week to make that you know make things happen. 
Tommy, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I know you have to go and uh, wrap up this closing. I know you have literally deals to attend to right now. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm sure I'll talk to you a little bit later today anyway, but um, thank you so much for being here and just kind of opening up your business and telling what's what we've been talking about here. I know we can talk literally for more uh, for hours and hours about this, uh, but thank you again just for being here and, and, and opening uh, up your business. And I'd love to have you back on it for another podcast in the future. Sure. Sure. Thanks, John. I appreciate all your help. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 